Hey, Crypt Keepers, I want to tell you about our exciting new affiliation with Parabox. Parabox is a t-shirt subscription box with a twist. Each month, you will receive a new paranormal soft style tee and info card about that month's theme. The shirt and card will contain clues to finding a hidden password for use on their website. You'll also find clues to next month's theme. Correct entries get entered in a raffle for free gear. The shirts are unique. They're pretty dope with designs about all your favorite paranormal stuff like Black Eyed Kids, Bigfoot, Nazca Lines, and a really cool Battle of Los Angeles tee. That's one I'm hoping I will get here sometime soon. The designs are silk screened onto a soft style tee that's super comfortable. From the moment you open your pair box, you'll be so engrossed by the t-shirt, you'll forget there's a puzzle built into it. That's right, each shirt contains a secret password. It can be in the form of codes, ciphers, riddles, numbers, images, or other hidden gems. Have fun exploring the design and putting the pieces together to figure out where to go next. Get your exclusive link in the show notes, and we get a little kickback when you sign up for the box, so you can support the show while getting cool swag with mysteries in the process. Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to another episode of the Cryptique Podcast. Go ahead and smash that subscribe button and share on social media. Pretty please, with the cherry on top. Check out the Parabox Mystery t-shirt subscription link in the notes, and we now have a Cryptoc, or Cryptique TikTok. We are at Cryptique underscore podcast. Tonight, we bring you a special guest. He's a legend in the paranormal community, and we're honored to welcome the great Jim Harrell. Having begun podcasting on the paranormal in 2005, Jim Harold is among a handful of pioneers of the medium. His programs have stood the test of time, and the paranormal podcast and campfire remain among the most popular in the genre. Jim has developed a loyal following that spans the globe. In addition to his free podcasts at jimherald.com, Jim also hosts a series of premium podcasts on the supernatural and related subjects at jimheraldplus.com. As a result, he has also become a published author with his Campfire series. All five books are available in ebook and paperback at jimheraldbooks.com and via Amazon. In 2005, Jim created the Paranormal Podcast. After over a decade of working on the business side of media, Jim decided it was time to dust off his broadcast training and step back behind the mic. Jim has worked in the radio, business-to-business media, and technology industries. He holds a master's degree in applied communication theory and methodology and is accredited as a certified digital media consultant by the Radio Advertising Bureau. Jim has also had the opportunity to teach at the university level. So let's welcome Jim Harold. You've got books, you've got podcasts, you've got everything. So just give us a little rundown kind of on what you do. I'm a little busy. I'm a little busy. Well, uh, thanks for having me on the show. Basically, I have been a paranormal podcaster since 2005, full-time since 2012. And my two main shows are the Paranormal Podcast and Jim Harold's Campfire uh, on the Paranormal Podcast, which was my first show, uh, which I started in 05. It's basically interviews 
with experts and authors about the supernatural and kind of, I know you guys kind of cast a very wide net. I do the same thing. Everything from UFOs, ghosts, cryptids, head scratchers. Uh, we try to cover it all in the world of the supernatural. And uh, Jim Harold's Campfire is a very simple concept. Uh, everyday folks who call in and tell me about uh, just the strange things that have happened to them. And again, could be ghosts, could be cryptic creatures, could be UFOs, could be my favorite head scratchers. Those things <laughs> don't quite fit into a category, but uh, uh, but still, I find them the most fascinating stories. Absolutely. So what got you into the paranormal to begin with? Like, what did you have an experience and you're like, boom, this is for me? Or how did that happen? Anyway, it really goes back to my childhood and my childhood's quite a while <laughs> I was like a real little kid in the 70s. Uh, I know I'm pretty sure I'm quite a bit older than you guys. And um, there was a show on TV called In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy, of course, Loved it. from Star Trek fame. And I got really hooked on that as a little kid. And then I started reading books and all that. So anyway, in 2005, uh, I had been a frustrated broadcaster. I was working in radio, but I wasn't working in front of the mic. I was working behind the scenes on the ad side. And I'd always wanted to, you know, I'd gone to school for broadcasting. My plan originally was to probably actually do TV as opposed to uh, radio. Didn't happen. I ended up getting a job at a radio station and then kind of fell into ad sales. So 2005, you know, I've, at that point, I've got a wife, two kids, a mortgage, you know, the car payment, the whole thing. And it's like, it's not like I can quit my job and go start in broadcasting in Paducah. Right. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. But if I'm going to start a podcast, it's got to be something I'm really interested in that I could see myself doing for, you know, a year or two. <laughs> and I said, well, what's the thing, you know, when I go into uh, a library or a bookstore, when they still had those, um, where do I go? Right to the paranormal section. And I thought, oh, I'll do this for six months and I'll have all this paranormal stuff figured out. I'll interview all these authors and experts. And um, the thing is, uh, Jay and Ryan, I've been doing this now for this will be my 18th year coming up this summer. Hmm. And I have more questions now than I had when I started. <laughs> yeah, that sounds kind of like my first sort of journey into researching this stuff. I was looking for a house like maybe eight or nine years ago. And I had been mm -hmm. listening to your show a little bit and a few others, but you know, I was looking at these houses in Alton, Illinois, which are mm -hmm. around 150, 160 years old, something like that. And that town has a real reputation for being haunted. There are theories on why that is. Some of the bricks used in some of the older buildings were from a Civil War prison that was torn down. And, you know, there, there's a uh, statistically significant, it seems like, correlation between buildings that have those bricks and odd activity there. So I was looking at some of these houses there, and I found a few that I was interested in. And, and my dad made this joke to me that, you know, oh, this is probably where they hit ghosts. Because we were looking at the pictures, and part of the house was renovated, and part of it wasn't. They just sort of stopped at this one particular point. So I thought, I should really look into this. 
you know, listen to people's stories and I'll probably be able to come up with logical explanations. So if I start experiencing these weird things, like I'll have an idea of what it is. Right. And so I listened to your show and I listened to Lex Wall's show for a while. And, uh, I came away after about two months, just, okay, we'll go surreal. All this stuff is real. And now I have to figure out how to deal with that. If I move into a place that has activity, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I don't, totally buy into but i feel like i come away with more questions and you know some of the implications are maybe more frightening than what i thought they were going into it yeah once it kind of gets its hooks into you you get you get hooked i i mean the thing is is i'm still interested in talking about this stuff still interested in learning about this stuff and i don't know that i've come in to any specific conclusions just that the world is a far stranger place than we realize. Reality itself, I think, is far stranger than we realize. And, you know, I had some very definite ideas about the paranormal when I started. And a lot of those have been turned on their end. But at the end, I still believe that it's real even more so than ever. But I'm less sure of what it is. Well said. <laughs> Yeah, that, that actually kind of leads into a question that I had. Uh, some of the folks that Jay and I have talked to seem to lean more towards certain explanations. You know, they lean more mm -hmm. towards alien activity or something interdimensional or ultra-terrestrial or whatever else. Do you have any maybe sources of these phenomena that you think might explain more than something else? Like, do you think a majority of it might be ghosts or spirits or residual activity or... I remember somebody that we talked to thought most of it was demonic. Like most activity that you would encounter just out in the world was demonic and very little right. of it was genuine spirits. Do you have any thoughts on that just based on all the research you've done over these years? Well, just my, and again, I, I want to preface anything I say is this is just my opinion. I am not an expert, and I think there's very few real experts in the area of the paranormal. There's lots of people who have opinions and some of them are informed opinions and they're experts on the research and so forth. But nobody really knows. At least I don't think anybody really knows. So this is just my idle speculation. First of all, uh, you mentioned the question of demons. I believe that there is evil. I believe evil is real. I think there's good and I think there's evil and there's kind of in between. Uh, because I know sometimes I'll talk to my new age friends and they'll say, ah, there's no such thing as evil. There's just a lower vibration. Whereas hmm. I believe there definitely is evil. However, I don't believe that, you know, there's a demon around every corner necessarily. Uh, I mean, I think these kind of things are real. I mean, if you look at the Catholic Church, they have, a, you know, a dedicated area to exorcism. I mean, this is not made up stuff. This is, this. these things happen. But I think that because of popular culture and things, people just go to, oh, it's a demon. That's just my personal belief. So I believe, yeah, could there be demon possession? Absolutely. Do I believe everybody and their brother is possessed with a demon? No. Um, so I guess why I do believe there's good and evil, and I do think evil is real in the world. I, I do believe that absolutely. To me, all you have to do is look at some of the heinous things people uh, do to each other. Uh, so evil is real, sure. but again, not around every corner. 
In terms of dead people, I do believe that dead people, in some cases, can come back to us, whether it's something very direct or maybe more indirect and more subtle, which is kind of the way I think I've personally experienced things. Um, residual hauntings, I think there's something to that because I do think there's an energetic replay. We've had stories, uh, one of my favorite stories, and I've heard other stories like this, on the campfire was a young man. Uh, I guess he was, uh, well, he was a little boy. And he was going through his family home and he passed the kitchen and he saw a hooded figure making a peanut butter sandwich. And he ran away. So several years later, same, same person, now in his teenage years, same house. He's in the kitchen wearing his hoodie minding his own business, making a peanut butter sandwich. And he looks, and this little figure runs back from the hall and then runs away. He basically saw himself from years before and vice versa. That's very cool. So I guess what I'm saying, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is the nature of reality is weird. And I think sometimes things like time slips and, and maybe the possibility of an alternate reality, even the idea that we may even be a simulation comes into play. So, you know, again, you see the problem. It's almost like an all of the above, which seems like the ultimate cop out. But it seems like that's the case after having looked at this stuff, you know, for almost 18 years now. I'm like, yeah, I think some of it's that. And yeah, I think some of it's this. And I think some of that's that. So I think it is kind of like an almost all of the above. Okay. That's an answer that I'm fairly comfortable with. <laughs> there there seem to be a lot of people well, leaning towards. more so than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm more comfortable with that than the idea that that it's something demonic that we should not be acknowledging or interacting with it all which is a position i've heard a few times but i do want to you know say to some extent i think you have to be careful like for example ouija boards which i'm not like ooh, you know i won't i won't be around a ouija board or anything because we have one down in our basement i think my wife had it when she was a teenager and i have a little uh little ouija board thing on my uh, video background so it's not like I'm like totally against them or anything, but I do think there could be dangers if somebody doesn't know what they're doing and they could welcome something in uh, accidentally. I think that's possible. So I don't want to say, you know, that there's no such thing as evil. There's no such thing as demons because I think there's both. But I don't think it's, again, it's kind of like uh, serial killers. Yeah, they're serial killers, but I don't think every... You know, everybody that breaks into a house is a serial killer. Or I don't think there's, you know, necessarily one every third house, if you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. Did you, have you had a personal experience? Were, were you ever a ghost hunter per se or anything like that? Or you just kind of got into the research side? I'm not a ghost hunter and I have no desire to be. And there's a very specific reason for that. Um, I look at it the way I look at like uh, TV sports, right? You've got uh, the announcers and many of them particularly now are former athletes. And I think that's great because they can provide the inside scoop and information that you can't get unless you 
been in a locker room or been on a football field, baseball field, whatever it is, basketball court. On the other hand, I think there's also a value from the traditional broadcasters who kind of bring their view outside, kind of from arm's length. I think that's valuable too. And that's kind of what I see my role as. You know, if I were, let's say, um, a ghost hunter, a paranormal investigator, well, I would probably have my methodology that I use and that I believe in. And I will probably say, well, that's the way to do it. And I don't believe in any of this other stuff. Whereas doing it the way I do, where I'm not a paranormal investigator, I'm willing to talk about it all with everybody. And I don't really have a horse in the race. I'm just kind of like a mediator and a facilitator about the discussion. So for me, not doing it kind of makes me as a podcaster, someone who can look at this stuff somewhat objectively. Uh, I don't think everybody, anybody is totally 100% objective, but somewhat objectively and say, okay, let's talk about all the options. It's not that I have one pet theory or one thing that I say, yeah, we got to talk about it this way because this is what I believe. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's kind of where I'm at. No, that does make sense. Definitely. And yeah, you're definitely right. The, some of the, I guess, technology, you know, Ryan and I talk about sometimes it's a little bit iffy on whether I buy Mm. into it or not. Um, uh, Ryan, you had a great question that you wanted to ask. Do you you want to go ahead with that? This I, I think yeah yeah it was a thought that I had earlier when when Jay and I have been talking about investigation ghost hunting like we're talking about and just the methodologies that we see. It seems like a lot of things have moved towards you know spirit boxes, EVPs, these kind of newer technologies that seem to. What's the best way to explain it? You know Occam's razor, the idea that the explanation yeah. requiring the least number of assumptions is probably true. Right. It seems to require a lot of assumptions. There's a, I think it's called the spirit box that they use on some of the like travel channel shows where sure. hypothetically the spirit is able to pick a word using radio right. signals and cause this device to say it. Right. That requires an assumption that the spirit is there. The spirit is able to somehow interact with that and like see those radio signals and pick that. And that they're doing it in sort of good faith to answer your questions. There's a lot of, there's a lot of assumptions you have to make there to say that you're getting reliable information out of it where there seem to be, other investigators, maybe old school investigators who rely a lot more on personal experiences, photographs, videos, things that they've seen, things that they've heard, interference with like old school magnetic tapes, things like that for, you know, EVP type stuff. And I'm wondering if you have thoughts on kind of the way the technology is moving. You know, do you think that there's much validity to some of this new stuff? Or do you think that there's a balance that we can strike somewhere between you know, older methodologies and newer technologies that might be able to back each other up? Well, first of all, 
This comes from someone who is not a paranormal investigator. So this is just my impressions from talking uh, from different people. Right, right. And, and that, that's and, kind of the perspective uh, uh, I want is somebody right. who's heard these stories from a lot of different people who've encountered things right. in different ways. I tend to be a little bit skeptical, kind of like you, about uh, a spirit box or a Frank's box with the idea of just that. It's like, boy, these must be really smart spirits to know that to you know, latch onto these frequencies and that thing. I wouldn't rule it out a hundred percent, but it seems it seems a little more far fetched than something like EVP, recording sound, right. uh, which seems you know relatively basic. And and I've heard and I've had people tell me this, investigators and people that I respect. The best thing that you can have are your your senses, your eyes, your ears, a notepad. Um, I think. The reason I don't think this is original. What I'm about to say is it all original, but I think a lot of the reason the more esoteric and more kind of fancy technology has really taken off in terms of popularity, honestly, it's because it looks cool on television. Agreed. Uh, you know, television is a visual medium, and a pad and paper is not that exciting. Yeah, but. You know, uh, meters and, uh, and and spirit box and where, you know, you can have something come up and you can put the subtitles and you can have the reaction like, whoa, you know. Now, we've had people on who have uh, very much believed in the spirit box, the fa- Frank's box um, and those kind of things. I'm not saying they're absolutely necessarily wrong. But it does seem a little more incredible to me than some of the basic things you look at, like EVP, to me, which makes a lot of sense. Um, and even that has a technological side to it and kind of a cool factor. But I, 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 I wouldn't rule it out, but I, it's kind of like I have kind of the same reaction. It's kind of like, eh, are we sure? Are we sure it's just not? Because <laughs> the thing is, is that when you, I mean, I know this because, I have my master's degree and I went to school and took a lot of research classes and you want something very simple and very pure. What you don't want are intervening variables. And with something like a spirit box, well, you're using radio, you know, radio signals from radio stations, basically that they'll glom onto. So, I mean, and in, in, in those signals are a bunch of people talking and utterances so really, it seems very clouded and kind of murky in terms of whether it's reliable or not, because it could be just somebody talking about the Chicago Bears or you know, whatever team. Uh, do I have the spirit of, uh, you know, uh, the spirit of Dick Buckus? I mean, you know, although he's still with us, I think. But anyway, <laughs> the, the, the point the, the, the point being. It just seems too murky to know for sure. Again, one thing I never say with this stuff is never, because I think that with the paranormal and the supernatural, you need to keep an open mind because it is so wild and it is so kind of out there compared to, you know, things that we accept, like this desk I'm looking at now is solid and it's made of wood, you know, that I think when you say, oh, that can't be, then, then I've feel a little bit like you fall into the trap of like the debunkers but i don't think there's thing things saying anything wrong with saying well i'm not going to rule it out but i'm a little skeptical and that's kind of where i am with that i agree with you that it looks cool and i i think 
you know, if you're trying to have a TV show on ghost hunting, you need to have as much kind of cool stuff as you can. And you need to, (laughs) I guess, maybe overreact to things that maybe, you know, if I'm walking through a building and I hear a whisper, I'm not going to jump and think, oh my gosh, it's definitely a demon and it's definitely trying to get me. And, you know, it also said whatever on the Frank's box, it said kill or, you know, whatever popped up and the paranormal puck and, and all these little things, they're devices that, that look neat. And if you don't really do any research into the topic, just, you know, the average person on the street is either going to probably say, oh, well, you know, say ghost adventures had the Frank's box and this is what they came up with. That's awesome. It's cool new technology. And we're starting to bridge the gap between us and the paranormal. And other people are going to look at it and just be like, yeah, that's BS. I'm not even going to pay attention to that. But yeah, there's got to be somewhere in the middle, right? Well, I, I mean, right. Well, I mean, for example, Edison was supposedly working on a telephone to the dead uh, before he died. Um, or at least was conceptualizing it. And I think it's cool. Maybe there is a technology out there that can be used to try to answer some of these questions. So I'd never rule that out. It just seems that particular one seems kind of incredible to me because it seems so messy when you're looking at it from an experimental kind of model. Again, you don't want, you know, if you're trying to measure light, you don't want to do it next to a, a sunny window. Um, and that's kind of what you're doing with the Frank's box is that, you know, you're looking for sound from spirits utilizing an environment that is rich with sound that could be mistaken for the real thing. I mean, again, I wouldn't rule it out a hundred percent, but it just right. seems kind of problematic. Some of the more modern technology that I, it is showy. There's a, an element of showmanship, but some of the devices that, that are being used that incorporate motion sensors or like vibration sensors, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, my fiance is convinced that we have some kind of ghost here at home. And her evidence to that was one of the dogs growling mm-hmm. at the stairwell. Which it's like, yeah, she's a she's a weird old dog. Just, right. <laughs> I don't know, we she's just doing her thing. Things, yeah. But then a couple times that that happened, uh, whoever built this house put light switches everywhere like one hallway will have two bulbs in it and each bulb has its own switch or sometimes more than one yeah so what i've done is i've put motion sensors in them and then smart bulbs so when you walk into it the lights come on when you leave the lights go off Mm -hmm. unfortunately for me i'm losing the argument that there's something here because the dog keeps growling at the stairwell and then the lights Mm -hmm. keep turning on well you know something like a motion sensor now i think that to me, that makes a little more sense. I'm not saying that it would be perfect. I mean, you could have, you know, flies or something setting it up. I mean, but to me, that seems a little more reasonable. And the thing about the dogs, I really do believe that animals can pick up on spirits. I believe that's a yeah. real thing. So I don't know. I, I think your significant other might be onto something there. There might be something. No, I agree. There. Those two things are kind of backing each other up because I've thought, you know, eh, it's probably seeing some kind of shadow. Like the, the motion sensor is probably picking up some kind of light change or something that it's mistaking for motion. But the fact that 
the dog is detecting something <laughs> and the motion sensor is detecting something. Seems like there might be something there. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with any shows that have actually utilized animals in ghost hunting? Because it seems to me, I mean, I totally agree with you, Jim, that, you know, dogs, cats, you know, who knows how many animals can sense things that we can't. But I have not seen a show where they bring animals in and, and, you know, like, hey, this is my ghost detecting chihuahua or or whatever but that seems like i would buy into that more than i would like a frank's box they might be trying to avoid that scooby-doo comparisons honestly (laughs) (laughs) um but (laughs) let's get out of here now um the 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 thing is is that i think that's actually kind of a cool idea uh because what dogs canine i mean obviously anything you would have to do like that you'd have to treat the dogs humanely and so forth but think about police that use dogs to hunt drugs and contraband and those kind of things so why not spirits i think that's kind of a cool idea now i don't know how you would go about training them uh or how you would be able to kind of bottle that awareness that that spiritual awareness that they apparently have but i think that would be a very very cool kind of thing to do well you know for special effects or whatever you could definitely train the dog to just start barking at whatever be like you know a little tap on the butt and the dog starts barking and you're like oh there's spirits everywhere look the dog is telling us so yeah those can be manipulated too but yeah so it sounds like we've got a new ghost hunting show <laughs> yeah. there you go there you go I've got three dogs that I'm willing to donate uh, for the show. I don't know if they'll be able to detect spirits or not, but uh, they bark at everything else, so why not? But anyway, all right. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're all in agreement that, yeah, we can't rule out, like, the Frank's box or spirit box or paranormal puck or, you know, whatever the new stuff is. I I was into ghost hunting around 2005 to, like, 2007. I'm sure there's, you know, just tons of new things that have, have come out. And, I mean, we see apps on phones where... You know, like my daughter was telling me, I, I had a ghost app on my phone when I was, you know, in fourth grade and I turned it on and it said there were ghosts everywhere. So, you know, there's there's stuff that's kind of out there and unbelievable. But, yeah, you you'd never want to say never or always. I think that's one of the first things I learned on uh, multiple choice test. If it if it says never or it says always, it's usually not right. That's right. So. Absolutely, I agree. So Ryan had a, a question. Um, you want to ask him about the technical issues? Oh, yeah, yeah. We actually uh, we talked to an exorcist a while ago. And we started having just... I mean, we had some technical issues at the start of this, but we, we just had issues with each of us getting booted off and the recording session stopping and then, you know, things would start working again for a little while. Just wondering if those kind of bugs have happened to you as well. Cause the gentleman we were talking to said that it was kind of a pretty common occurrence for him that when he would start to talk about this topic, you know, whatever technology he was using would fail or just would experience some kind of interference. Well, there have been a couple times where I have talked to people and they said uh, essentially that 
every time they get on a call with somebody, and it's usually been obviously in a supernatural topic, that they have technical problems. And a lot of times the technical problems will not be on their end, but on the end of the person interviewing. That's happened to me a couple of times. Uh, I don't think there's been anything that I could say. And I, I know there was something one time that was along this line, but it's been, you know, I've done... Uh, what I'm probably approaching, and I have to count this, so I don't want to say, but I'm probably closer to 3,000 episodes. I am 2,000. And so I've forgotten a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but my general sense is I have had some interviews that seem to be star-crossed, that for some reason something didn't want them to happen. Uh, nothing I can point to specifically, yeah. though. But I, I think and when somebody does what we do, Technical issues are just kind of the part of the ball game. I mean, I'm amazed at how many people I interview who, you know, you would think they would have the best connection and the best whatever, and they sound like they're calling in from a tin can, and then I will talk to somebody who, you know, is just a, a normal person, and, and they'll have, like, the spectacular connection. So it's always... Uh, and I've actually found that, that sometimes... The higher profile a person, the worst connection that they'll give you. And I, and I think that's sometimes because they feel like, well, hey, they're lucky to be talking to me. I want to talk in this like cell phone, like at the edge of the coverage area. <laughs> they can take it. Uh, I'm not going to go out of my way to do anything special. Yeah, yeah the, the issues that we've had, I never thought too much of until that particular interview. I mean, like the issues I had trying to get on here were after messing around with it, I, the power supply for my audio interface is going bad. I'm certain of that. Mm -hmm. But this issue that we had with this guy, was just odd, you know, just, it seemed to be the, you know, the system that we're using kind of deciding, okay, you're, you're off and now you're off and now you're muted. And <laughs> we're like, I'm sorry, man. I have no idea what's going on. He's like, Oh, this happens every time I'm interviewed. Don't even worry about it. And it, yeah. That was kind of the first yeah. time we've encountered that sort of thing. Yeah, I believe that's possible. I, I mean, you know, there's there's weird stuff that happens, and I do believe that that is very, very possible. One of the scariest things that I had happen was it's, it's not exactly the same thing, uh, but kind of along the lines of something that has to do with an interview that was very strange that happened. Uh, back in 2013, this was April of 2013, I had uh, interviewed uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who has since passed, and she was fantastic, probably my favorite all-time guest, her and Brad Steiger, yeah. and yeah. on the Paranormal Podcast. She had been on my shows 20 times, uh, <laughs> literally 20 times. Great author. If anybody's interested in the supernatural. Look up her stuff. She was one of the best. Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Anyhow, she had done a book on the djinn. Uh, they're kind of like, you know, what genies are based on, but they're very sinister. <laughs> and one of the things is, you know, even if you talk about the djinn, which I'm always kind of scared to retell this story, but if you talk about the djinn, you could be inviting trouble because they don't like to be talked about. So anyway, she wrote a book on the gin, sent me the book. We did the interview. And um, the thing was, is I still have every book she sent me because she would always send me her books. I would keep them. There's a lot of other books I get rid of because I just don't have space for them. 
but I always keep hers. So anyway, um, this was a case where I didn't because later that night, uh, my uncle, who was like a second dad to me, passed away. And he was sick, but we didn't know, have any idea he was about to pass away. So he passed away. Now, that would have been weird enough. But then within two weeks, totally unexpectedly, my mom passed away. And those two things combined made me say, you know, this gin thing, I'm not going to keep that book. So I, I basically threw the book away. And it was no insult of Rosemary. She was fantastic. One of my favorite people uh, that I've ever dealt with with these podcasts, favorite all-time guests, just a great, very nice person. But I was a little freaked out. And I said, I am going to just, you know, get rid of this and step away. Yeah. Seems like the right choice. Yeah, the gin are very interesting. We talked about them a little bit in our Black Eyed Kids episode. And, yeah, there's there's a lot of... Uh, theories out there that are similar with the black eyed kids like if you talk about them you're going to get a knock on your door late one night so ryan i know you were particularly scared about that that was our first episode (laughs) yeah so it's that's one of the phenomena that really freaks me out um and yeah what what we keep saying i keep thinking about mysterious universe i'm sure you guys have both heard that show before but they of course. Mm-hmm. They they use this phrase quite a bit. They'll say, you know, when you look into something, when you look into the phenomena, the phenomenon looks back at you sometimes. Yep. Yep. That I think is... I think that was Nietzsche. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's, that's true. No, I believe yeah. that. And that kind of, you kind of made me think of that as well when you were talking about not, not wanting to be an investigator so you can maintain some distance and some objectivity. And I think... Mm-hmm. Uh, Ben and Aaron on that show have said that they wanted to kind of stay away from the investigation side because of that, you know, trying to maintain distance. No, it makes it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense to me that way. You're not wedded to one way of doing things. One theory, you're really able to still cover it all. That doesn't mean I wouldn't go on a, a ghost hunt, uh, as a one-off or something like that. But as far as becoming a dedicated, uh, paranormal investigator i don't see that happening all right well can you give us a couple examples of either some of the most scary story campfire tales that you've heard or maybe some that you just kind of scoff at a little bit i know you say you you wouldn't you know just outright call somebody a liar or say that they're making something up but yeah, just maybe a, a really scary one in a, a one that's... Maybe like an outlandish one. Well, I'm going to give you an outlandish one, but one that I actually believe. Um, and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why I believe it. Um, it's outlandish in the sense that it is literally like a Twilight Zone episode. And, and I'm sure, Ryan, if you've been listening for 10 years, you, you've heard this story. The Roadhouse Saloon, does that ring a bell? It does. There's a lot of episodes okay, well, in the last 10 years, but I've got a few in mind that I'm thinking of. So, Well, I'll tell you what, it, what happened. So, so basically, the long and short of it is the reason I believe this so much is I almost did believe it because the person seemed very sincere. But in 2019, pre-pandemic, I went with uh, a videographer, a friend of mine who has worked for one of the TV stations here, network affiliates for the last 25 years, and went up and did a video 
on this story. I felt so strongly about it and went and met with the storyteller and looked her in the eye and believe her 100%. She's very... Um, smart woman, uh, accomplished professionally in a respected profession, and uh, she told this story. So it's, uh, uh, so so not only did I hear it from, you know, the call that we did, but I, I met with her in person to talk about it. So anyway, the story is about the Roadhouse Saloon. T.I., uh, that's her name. She was staying at a, I guess every summer she used to, I don't know if she still does, but she used to go to a camp about an hour from where she lived, I guess. And uh, she had family and friends up there. And her and a friend went to see a band. His name was Bob. And they went to see a band uh, about an hour away from this place. And they closed the bar down. And actually stayed a little later talking to the band because they're musicians. So anyway, they're heading back. It's rural, two-lane roads. You know what it's like, very dark, barely lit. Um, and T.I. says that she tells Bob she has to go to the restroom. And uh, Bob essentially says, well, you could pull up a tree here somewhere, but that's about it. There's nothing open this time of night. And she said, that's okay, just drive fast. So they go along a few more miles and they come to this crossroads and they see this bar that seems to be wide open, which makes no sense because most bars are most places legally required to be closed by two. It's about 3.30 in the morning or 3, 3.30 in the morning. The place is wide open. And they say, hey, let's go in. That way you can go to the restroom. So T.I. goes to the restroom. Bob goes and gets a couple of drinks, uh, soft drinks, I'm sure, at that point. Um from the, the bar, they come back, they um, sit down, and uh, they notice all the people around them are kind of weird. They're kind of like blankly smiling and just kind of like, kind of like they're out of it. But, but anyway, no matter, Bob says, oh, I'm glad we're here. There's this mural on the wall you can see. It's a scene of the Old West. And I've heard about this. I'm so glad we stopped so I could finally see it. He'd never seen it before. And it was like a bar and a saloon, and there was, you know, different people around in the picture. And they noticed the weird thing was everybody in the picture on the wall was represented in the bar. Like there were some guys playing cards on the, the, the painting, and they were playing pool in the bar. There was a woman who was what they used to call a dance hall girl standing uh, in the picture, and she was standing over there. So they thought that was kind of weird, but just figured, oh, well, they're probably regulars. So the artist just incorporated them and the artwork is kind of a tribute. So then they're sitting there and there's this old jukebox, a Wurlitzer Bubbler jukebox. And uh, he, um, uh, the, there was a guy standing next to him and he puts on Chubby Checkers Let's Twist Again, like we did last summer. And the music's playing, he walks over to T.I., and he smiles, a big smile, and his teeth are all rotten. And he asks her to dance. And she says, no, 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 I, I don't do much dancing. She holds up a cane because she walks with a cane. And she said she was really glad she had that cane that day. <laughs> so he leaves. So anyway, it's just like this kind of weird place. They're looking, looking again at this artwork. And they notice something they didn't notice before. There's two swinging doors like, uh, you know, in the old movies where the the bad guy would come in and say, I want to see the sheriff or whatever. You know, the, the saloon yeah. doors, the swinging saloon doors. But there were two mists 
columns of mist, like kind of in the painting where those doors were, and they didn't notice that before at all. One was shorter, one was taller. And they talk some more and they look back and it's like, it's kind of morphing. It's almost developing like an old school Polaroid picture. One's taller, one's shorter. They talk some more, I look back, it's developed more. They look like humanoid figures. One looks like a man, taller. One looks like a woman, shorter. And they look again, and one has curly hair and boots, and T.I. has curly hair and boots. But it was when they spotted the cane in the picture that they decided it was time to leave. So they get up. Uh, And they start to walk out and the people are like smiling and like motioning, come back, come back. They didn't come back. And (laughs) although T.I. does come back, I'll tell you the the end of the story here in a minute. Anyway, they walk out, they close the door, everything goes pitch black. Like it was never open. The neon signs, the music, everything pitch black like it was never open. When they came there, there was a parking lot full of cars. When they turned around, there was a car in the parking lot, their car. So anyway, they leave. Now, to me, guys, I'm a coward. That would be the end <laughs> of the story. But not for T.I. Not for T.I. T.I. is brave. So she says, I'm going to go back and see what that is all about. So she goes with, I can't remember if it was her friend or a sister. Next night, they come back. They go in. T.I. walks and walks over to the jukebox. There's a jukebox, but it's not the beautiful Wurlitzer jukebox that was there before with records. It's at that time, probably the 90s at some point. It's a uh, modern CD jukebox, and there's no chubby checker on it. She walks over to the bar and starts talking to the bartender, and it's a young woman. So, oh, I was here the other night. You know, there's that big, good-looking, strapping guy who's a bartender, you know, big muscles. And woman says, I'm sorry, I don't know who you're talking about. The only two people at 10 Bar here are me and my elderly father. And with that, T.I. thought, well, I must be in the wrong place. And she decided to leave. And that was uh, that was that for her. And she never went back. Now, very interestingly, the place does exist. Um, Chad Lewis, the great researcher and cryptozoologist and author, um, actually went up there because he lives in the area up in Wisconsin and took pictures of that mural. And I, those are on that YouTube video on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Jim Harold, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, now I know the place was open in 2019 because I called there. I wanted to talk to somebody. And they never return my calls. So I don't know if they don't want to be bothered with it. They're tired of hearing about it because I know it was on my podcast. Then I shared it with uh, the people from the Spooked podcast, the big WNYC podcast. Very popular. They had asked me about some ideas for stories. I passed this one along. I thought it was so good. I wanted to get out to as many people as possible. So T.I. was on that show, too. So honestly... Uh, just uh, amazing, absolutely amazing uh, story in I Believe Her. And what it was, I don't know. That is an amazing story. Somehow I missed that one. I don't know how I missed that. I, yeah, I, that's, uh, that's, I love that. that's an all-time thing. Yeah, I love that kind of genre of story, too, because I've heard ones like that before. There was 
there was a story like that on it. I'm sure there have been tons on yours and Anything Ghost, but I know there was one on Anything Ghost probably eight or nine years ago where he was talking about a uh, the story of somebody who, I think they were broken down or something like that. Maybe something wrong with their car and they found this house, you know, like an old farmhouse, but like a, a very nice one that was just right. lit up, you know, like it was middle of the day like it was so bright there was light through every window there were tons of people inside so they went in looking for help but the people were kind of strange you know they they didn't understand what they were asking for like they didn't understand that they were broken down things like that so they ended up mm -hmm. leaving they you know call like AAA on a cell phone or something like that and manage to get help and then they go back you know trying to figure out like what's with this house having this huge party in the middle of nowhere and they found that that house is like burned you know half burned and abandoned and whatever wow. a little different than you know than the bar still being in operation and just being different but yeah i love these right? kind of i don't know it's yeah. almost a mix between like the shining where maybe the place is alive yeah, and it's it trying weird. to bring you in and make you part of it or maybe it's more of a time well, flip kind of thing it reminds me of another story we had uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, a young woman told the story about when she was a kid. And I I got the sense this was probably in the early 2000s. She wasn't that old. Uh, not like me. And um, her and a bunch of friends were playing like in the woods behind their homes. And all of a sudden they saw this clearing and they saw like this stone house. And they'd never noticed it before. And there was like a little boy standing there looking at them. And he had like old fashioned clothes on, like knee pants. And his mother mm. came out and got him and she had similar kind of clothing. And a few days later, he said, oh, we're going to go check this place out. We're going to see what this is all about. And they went there and it was like just like a foundation of a house, like a house had been there, but certainly not a full blown house. Um, and I do wonder about time slips. I mean, I think the time, you know, even scientists are saying time is not as concrete as we think it is. So what if there are glitches? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of very convincing stories that are kind of like the peanut butter sandwich one. There was one yeah. where it's hard to get the order of operations right in a time slip story. But <laughs> uh, this guy like walked through an aisle and he saw these girls that were kind of looking at him strange and then they looked like more and more shocked the closer he got and as he looked up he kind of saw what looked like the the back of his outfit turning around the corner and he realized like huh. he had just come down that aisle or, or something happened like that where where it was one of those things where he realized like he had just done you know, he had just gone down some aisle or whatever. Like they, it, but it was these girls who were clearly seeing this time slip happen. Like they just saw right. him walk down this aisle in an identical way, like two times. And it's yeah. these weird sort of moments where it's not a more elaborate story that seemed very convincing to me. Like this guy walks down the aisle, realizes that to, in their perspective, that has just happened twice or the, peanut butter sandwich yep. thing or i've heard another one a long time ago where it's very very similar to the peanut butter sandwich one where this guy is taking a shower 
Well, actually, the first time it's a kid, he hears a shower going in his house when there's nobody that's supposed to be home. He goes and opens the door and there's a man in there and he freaks out and runs. And then it's like eight years later, he's experiencing it from the other side. He thinks he's home yep. alone. He's taking a shower. Little kid pops in yep. the door, gets freaked out, runs out. Very strange indeed. Very strange indeed. Ryan, do you have any any other like final thought or question you want to ask him so we can let him get on with? I could talk to him all day, but I, I don't suppose I have anything too pressing. <laughs> I know you could. <laughs> well, it's certainly been fun, guys. I really appreciate having been a guest on the show and really uh, love to talk to like-minded people interested in those things. And to that end, I hope that folks will go over to jimherald.com or just look up Jim Harold H-A-R-O-L-D, on their favorite podcast app. And there they can find Jim Harold's Campfire, which I think that's the first one most people would want to check out appeals to the most people also the paranormal podcast and the other things we do and again um and i know you recorded a great story for the the campfire so that's very cool and we will have that out as well and uh just want to appreciate it uh, appreciate you guys and, and and thanks for having me on the show yeah thank you for talking to us thank you you know what i'm sorry i did think of another okay. question go ahead who who, who is the Antichrist? We kind of ask this of, of a lot of our guests, who they think the Antichrist might be. So you can uh, decline to answer if you want, but if you, if you have a thought on it, we'd love to hear it. If there, is an, uh, if there is an Antichrist, we haven't met them yet. How about that? That's fair. I can live with that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us tonight scheduled to come out not tomorrow but the following tuesday so you can check that out if you want and uh i'm definitely going to jump onto the uh campfire stories because i love when you can listen to a podcast and you don't have to dedicate yourself for like an hour and 15 minutes to get the whole gist you know like your stories are shorter so right. you know you need to Run in the store, boom, pop Just it on hit your pause. phone, put some yep. earbuds in. Yep. yep. Yeah, the shows are 90 minutes long, but that's usually 10 stories. So right, uh, they're, right. they're nice bite-sized stories. So I hope everybody gets to check it out. And thanks again, guys. Thank you. Have a great evening. All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, I was, yeah, I had a bunch of shit I could have talked to him about. <laughs> like one of my employees, she considers herself a witch. Because she does witchcraft type stuff, whatever that is. She does like rituals and things like that. And I asked her, you know, I, I've asked her questions about it, but I think, I think she thought I was going to make fun of her. Mm-hmm. She wasn't, like, guarded or too suspicious or anything, but she was, like, a little bit closed off. Mm -hmm. She's like, I just do it because I like it. She's mm -hmm. like, it does, you know, like, if you do something, whether it does anything or not, if it makes you feel better, then it's probably worth doing. And it's like, yeah, I agree. But we we started talking about it, you know, not the 
it wasn't like the first time it came up. It was like a couple times after that, that, that we started talking about it. And I was telling her that, you know, that there were things that I found, you know, back when the internet was kind of new, mm-hmm. not super new, but you know, new, new in that there was no like real reliable way to search stuff. Like Yahoo was kind of the only internet index out there. There's other stuff starting to come around, but it's like when you found something cool, you kind of latched onto it. And we found, my cousin and I found, you know, like books that people were recommending that you could go and find at like the library or whatever, or, you know, spells and rituals and things. Mm-hmm. And I told her, like, the reason I don't mess with any of that stuff is it works. Mm-hmm. Like, everything we ever did worked. Like, it did what it was supposed to do. Like, my cousin lost, uh, I don't know, a video game or something like that. Like, he had a Sega Genesis when I had a Super Nintendo. So there were certain games we'd play at his house and certain games we'd play at mine. And there was some game or some piece of, you know, gaming paraphernalia that was missing. And I was like, oh, well, we saw, like, a spell for lost shit. So we did it. Like, we just recited what you're supposed to recite. Mm-hmm. Like, we had been looking for this thing for, like, days. Like, five minutes after we said the stuff, we found it. In a spot that we had checked before. Did did you ever hear... And you may have been the one to tell me this story, so I apologize if I'm retelling your story. There was a... Uh, like, a couple, and the husband or boyfriend or whatever got his girlfriend or wife or whatever a... It was either, like, the book, The Exorcist, or it was, like, a spell book or something like that. And she didn't want anything to do with it. And, like, they were driving or whatever, and she threw it out on a bridge into the river. So, his bright idea, go back to that same store, buy the same book, dunk it in water, and leave it on her end table. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. no i have not heard that before that that sounds like something i would do yeah me too it's classic sounds it would like be the end of my relationship with kim though <laughs> well the uh <laughs> the saloon story was crazy like you could do i mean I, obviously this wasn't someone playing a practical joke but if you could pull off a practical joke like that that would be awesome So check out the Pearbox mystery t-shirt subscription service link in our notes. If you decide you want to sign up, we get a little kickback. So that helps support the show. It's just a little bit. We're not getting rich, just so you know. But it is a great t-shirt company and the designs are amazing. Don't forget to check out our Cryptoc, which is our TikTok. And that is at Cryptique underscore podcast. I've got a few videos up there for you guys to check out. And tell your friends about the show. Tell your enemies about the show. And let's blow this up. Boom. Please like, share, subscribe. And tell us what you like. You know, be communicative. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you think we should do. Do you hate us? Does your dog hate us? (laughs) you like what we're doing? (laughs) If you want us to have content that you prefer, you've got to let us know. We're not mind readers. 
We've had some on the show, but we are not mind readers. So shoot us an email and let us know what you want to hear about. And that's at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. Good evening, Crypt Keepers. 